Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code FANTASYFEAST to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, the show that's so nice, we do it twice. Every single week during the NFL season, the episodes drop on Wednesday and Thursday. We tell you what you need to know about every single game in the NFL, not necessarily every player, but the notable things from each game from a fantasy perspective that you need to be on top of. I'm Ross Tucker. Former NFL offensive lineman, you know this. Bunch of different media gigs, bunch of podcasts, at Ross Tucker NFL on social media. Our stuff is all at Ross Tucker Pod on social media. You can always watch the show. A lot of people do. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And I want to welcome all the new viewers on Roku as well. Very, very cool. So we got Samsung TV Plus. We got Roku. We got YouTube, we got DraftKings Network, got a lot of ways you can check us out. Very, very excited to get some new viewers, some new listeners, some new whatever. You're going to love this podcast, this show. You're going to love Joe Dolan, at FG underscore Dolan. He's a stud over at FantasyPoints.com, where, by the way, you can still get a discount if you use the code 23FEAST. If you missed episode one, Just go back, check it out. We went through the first eight games for the week two slate. We're going to start the rest of the games with the Chargers in Tennessee to take on the Titans. Titans are interesting, Joe. I saw them in person last week. Tannehill, not great, was trying to force feed DeAndre Hopkins a little bit too much. And perhaps interestingly to me, you know, Derrick Henry was not really the focal point of the offense, and it wasn't really a game script thing. They had Spears in there a little bit more than I thought. Ty J. Spears actually out-snapped Derrick Henry. That's something to keep in mind for for, uh, going forward. Uh, 
Spears. Now, Spears had three carries for 27 yards. He had four targets, caught just one of them uh, for one yard. Maybe that's on Tannehill more. Ross, you ever see Forrest Gump? I'm, that, I, I would a million to times, one of my favorite movies, of course. Okay. You know how, like, there's, like, the montage in the middle of the movie where Forrest is, like, basically running across the country and he just doesn't stop? Yeah. That's what Chickaconqua would be doing right now if Ryan Tannehill threw an accurate football. I am disgusted by that throw by Ryan Tannehill on a perfectly designed flea flicker. Chickaconqua they had two touchdowns they missed. Spears was open down the sideline, too, and Tannehill yeah. threw it out of bounds. Ugh. Titans should have won that game. Oh, absolutely. Um, I thought, and event, you know, eventually... So we're going to fade Derrick Henry one year, and we're going to be right. But, yeah, uh, he had 118, uh, 119 yards from scrimmage in week one, even though Ty J. Spears outsnapped him. Maybe that's smart usage going forward, Ross. Maybe not having Derrick Henry out there running wind sprints on pass plays is going to help Derrick Henry keep his legs under him. Ryan Tannehill has to be better than that, a lot better than that. And um, in, a, in a week one where there was a lot of bad quarterback play, his might have been the worst. That was abominable what I saw out there on Sunday. Uh, Chickaconquo, though, usage, his snap share, his route share, all significantly higher than last year. That's a hold. It was a bad week for tight ends. You hold Chickaconquo. He'd still be running if Ryan Tannehill threw an accurate football. Chargers offense looked pretty good, but now we got an Eckler issue. Yeah, Eckler has an ankle injury, and it might be a high ankle uh, injury. So keep an eye on that. Um, by the time you're listening to this, we already have the week, the, the uh, week one, uh, first Wednesday practice reports of the week for week two. Um, and my guess is Austin Eckler is going to be on it because um, we're recording this on on Wednesday. Um, Joshua Kelly looked really good. 16 carries for 91 yards and a touchdown with a long of 14, Ross. So when I see a guy who has 91 yards rushing with a long of 14, that means consistent chunk yardage. Absolutely in the RB1 conversation if Austin Eckler cannot play in this game. Um, Justin Herbert, 7.5 average depth of target, more than last year, maybe not what exactly we want to see. Um, this wide receiving group, though, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, who got checked for a concussion and returned, going up against a Tennessee secondary that surrendered 112 yards to Chris Olave, 89 yards to Rashid Shahid, and 61 yards to Michael Thomas. If there's a week for Justin Herbert and, and the, the boys to put over 300 yards passing out there, this is it. Austin Eckler might not play. They ran the ball like crazy last week. This is a week to drop back and throw it against Tennessee, who had one of the best run defenses, if not the best run defense in the entire NFL last year. Joe, we are contractually obligated to talk about the Giants and the Arizona Cardinals game. Look, the Cardinals don't have a whole lot of talent on their defense, but Jonathan Gannon had the guys playing pretty damn plucky football against the Commanders in Week 1. They pressured Sam Howell 12% above expectation, um, and obviously Gannon is familiar with Daniel Jones. And in his lone matchup with Daniel Dimes last year when uh, when Gannon was in Philadelphia, the Eagles sacked Jones four times. Again, those Cardinals are not as talented as last year's Eagles, nor are they as talented as, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys defense. But the Giants' offensive line was a massive issue in Week 1, especially the right side. Evan Neal and, Mike, and Mark Lewinsky basically... basically uh, Matadored Micah Parsons to the quarterback last week, and Andrew Thomas is dealing with a hamstring injury, the Giants' best offensive lineman. I don't care who the defense is, 
Daniel Jones is going to be under pressure. Cardinals offensively? Yeah, forget about it. Uh, James Conner. Um, Josh Dobbs has a, just a thankless task out there. Um, Zach Ertz had 10 targets. He turned those 10 targets into 21 yards. I mean, if he's going to be getting 10 targets, he's a viable tight end. I, he just can't move anymore. Oh, it's it's James Conner bust here, man. I it's this this is going to be an ugly game. You know what's not ugly? My fantasy draft picks. And if I'm feeling good about them, but not sure what to eat, I'm going to make it easy on myself. I'm going to order on DoorDash. Now I can root for my squad while I'm eating and drinking on the way. I love that that means burgers, chips, dips, soda, pizza, wings, and so much more delivered straight to my door. Thank you, DoorDash. Joe, who am I thanking for the Niners and the Rams, both putting up 30-some points? Uh, Matthew Stafford was really freaking good in that, uh, in that game. Um, he, he made some big-time throws. And look, uh, I know waivers have run by the time you're listening to this, but the Rams might have had the two biggest pickups of the week in Puka Nakua, who had an Anquan Bolden-ish debut in week one, uh, catching, catching 10 passes on 15 targets for 119 yards. Tutu Atwell had 119 receiving yards in that, in that week. I'm not as into Atwell as I am to Nakua. I think Nakua is just, look, he was a guy who got Robert Woods comparisons before the draft. Bell answered, dude. The other guy is Kyron Williams. 15 carries for 52 yards and two touchdowns. What, meanwhile, Cam Akers had 29 yards on 22 carries. Now, he scored as well. But Kyron Williams, I keep coming back to the fact that before the Thursday night opener last year when the Rams were defending their Super Bowl championship, Adam Schefter said on the ESPN broadcast, keep an eye on Kyron Williams. They have a plan for him. And then he got hurt on the opening kickoff. I'm very interested in what Kyron Williams does going forward, and I wouldn't be surprised if Kyron Williams takes the job of Cam Akers at some point this season. How about your boy Brandon Ayuk, Joe, and the Niners? Oh, uh, he was awesome in this game. Um, and, and look, if, if you started a Niner, hell, even George Kittle, because tight ends were so bad in week one, Ayuk, eight targets. Debo Samuel, seven targets and two carries. Kittle, six targets. McCaffrey, five targets. No other 49er outside of those four caught a pass in week one. That's what we like to see. Elijah Mitchell was barely used in week one. That's what we like to see if we have Christian McCaffrey. You know, Purdy, I'll say this, Ross. At some point, the young fellow's going to have negative turnover regression. He was a YOLO player at, at Iowa State. Turnovers were probably the biggest reason he ended up being Mr. Irrelevant in the first place. But he... He he has a feel, a really good feel. And if you watch the fact that he played Kenny Pickett in that game in week one, and you put on the tape and you watch both quarterbacks, you tell me which one was the first-round pick and which one was the seventh-round pick. Because Brock Purdy sure as hell didn't look like the seventh-round pick in that game. He's thrown multiple touchdowns in each of his NFL starts thus far, regular season starts. Um, and, of course, obviously he got hurt in the playoffs against the Eagles last week. The 49ers are going to be able to put some points on the board. That being said, just keep in mind that Purdy's play style invites a lot of pressure. The 49ers allowed 24.72% pressure above expectation last week. That was the second highest rate in week one against the Steelers defense. 
Um, I think Purdy has a lot to do with that just by his style. The Rams got after Geno Smith last week, though it is smart to keep in mind, Geno lost both of his offensive tackles during that game. Joe, you might not have heard, but the Jets have an injury that might affect some of their fantasy prospects. They're playing the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I like. Look, there are obviously more devastating physical injuries. I, that's not what I'm getting at. But in terms of impact on a team and on a season and on a franchise and on a fan base, I literally cannot think of a worse injury than the Aaron Rodgers injury. I, I just can't. Maybe Tom Brady in 2008 is the closest facsimile. I mean, I, I mean, I I grew up with the Eagles, and one of my first Eagles memories is Randall uh, Randall Cunningham getting a cheap shot from Bryce Pop and blowing his knee out in Week One of 1991. I'm trying to think of other injuries because the Jets have a legitimate championship roster. They do, and. This is the single most deflating piece of news. I, it's just atrocious. Um, Zach Wilson, uh, he ain't it. And look, that was a tough spot, okay? He was not prepared for that game. But can you imagine a worse matchup in Week 2? I mean, the... I don't even I don't even know what to say. Like, I, it I, it almost is to the point where I'd be surprised if the Jets scored a point in this game. And I hope Zach Wilson <laughs> proves me wrong. I'm not rooting against Zach Wilson. You know, like Zach Wilson coming out and looking like the number two overall pick in the in the wake of an Aaron Rodgers injury would be one of the coolest stories ever. I just don't see it against this defense this week, Ross. I mean, it. I'd probably even be considering benching Garrett Wilson this week, as much as I love Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall, though? That kid's awesome, man, isn't he? That was a bright spot. That was impressive. That was surprising. Um, I'm just hoping, uh, like, I hope Zach Wilson makes it through this game physically. Like, that... I, I cannot imagine a worse matchup for the, for, for the Jets with, with Zach Wilson. And I don't want to, like, write Zach Wilson's entire season based off of what I anticipate we're going to see on Sunday. But um, I could not – if you want to get the guy comfortable and get him some confidence, this is the single worst game for him to get it. Cowboys offensively? That, that Jets D is pretty good. It is pretty good. And, and like, here's the thing, though. You know, Dak Prescott in week one was 13-24 for 143 yards. CeeDee Lamb had four catches for 77 yards, so he had over half the receiving yards for Dallas. If Dallas's defense is going to look anywhere close to what it looked in week one, and obviously there are going to be some offenses that are far better equipped to handle it than the Giants and the Jets, Dak Prescott, all he's got to do is be a game manager. Don't turn the ball over. That's a concern for me. If I have C.D. Lamb, that's a concern for me. If I have Brandon Cooks for fantasy, that's a concern for me. If I have Dak Prescott for fantasy, it's not a concern for me. If I have Tony Pollard for fantasy, who led all running backs and expected fantasy points in week one, his role is secure. He is an RB1 locked and loaded, and he sure as hell is in this game because I don't think the Cowboys are going to have to drop back a whole lot and throw the football. The Commanders are in Denver to take on the Broncos. 
But first, Joe, I want people to know if you're a Jets fan and it's going poorly on Sunday, do what I do. Drink some Labatt Blue Lights. Always helps me feel better. Whether it's friends, family, live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Commanders, Broncos, Joe, go. Well, uh, the Commanders, I think the thing that was most interesting to me about them in week one was the backfield breakdown. Brian Robinson had 19 carries. No other Commander had more than three. Antonio Gibson lost yet another fumble and probably will find himself in the doghouse. Meanwhile, Brian Robinson got two targets out of the backfield, which, not great, but one of them went for a touchdown. Brian Robinson has a potential bell cow role here in this backfield. It's just a matter of how efficient is he going to be. He averaged 3.1 yards per carry. Continuing the theme of these two podcasts this week, though, Ross, not a lot of teams had success running the football. A lot of guys had bell cow rolls, but they didn't produce because there was not a whole lot of room to run. Keep an eye on Brian Robinson. Keep an eye on Jahan Dotson, who out-targeted Terry McLaurin 7-4 to four in Week 1, continuing some preseason hype uh, for the second-year player out of Penn State. On the Broncos' side of the ledger, uh, let's keep an eye on Jerry Judy's status. That is a really important one. Um, Jay Glazer, I think, seemed to sound like he was relatively close to playing in week one. They do need him because Greg Dulcich hurt his hamstring. It's the same hamstring that cost him about half the season last year. That is a concern for me. Javante Williams, I thought, looked pretty good in week one. He had 13 carries and six targets. Meanwhile, Samaje Pirine, for now, is a usable flex for the Broncos. He had 78 yards from scrimmage and four receptions. That is very much a usable flex. The Broncos have an active two-man rotation in the backfield. Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin, the, uh, the young running back, the UDFA, didn't get as much work as Bronco beat writers had anticipated. I want to see what this offense looks like if, um, if Jerry Judy's back. I thought they did some good things, but too often I do feel like Russell Wilson looked too much like the Russell Wilson of last year. I'm going to give this time in the Sean Payton era to kind of evolve. Sunday night, Joe, I'm going to be in the booth for Westwood one. It'll be the Dolphins at the Patriots. That Dolphins off the Dolphins offense was like the one offense that like looked legit on Sunday. Yeah, our guy um, Brett Whitefield at Fantasy Points Data, who we had on the uh, podcast around draft time. Uh, last year said and he is not a Tua pumper upper he said it was the best game of Tua's career after watching the all 22 and it's hard to disagree Um, just a guy who was in complete control absolute complete control Um, and 
if he plays anywhere close to that, Tyreek Hill legitimately has a shot at 2,000 receiving yards. Heck, he's on pace for 3,200. So he's going to have big games. Jalen Waddle's going to have big games. One other guy to watch for Miami. There was one non-quarterback skill player, one, who played 100% of the snaps in week one. Do you know who that is, Ross? No. Durham Smythe. Wow. The tight end for the Dolphins. And scoff all you want, but it's the tight end position. He had seven targets and played 100% of the offensive snaps. So keep an eye on Durham Smythe. But Tua, anywhere close to that level of play, and that this offense is going to break fantasy football this year. It was fantastic. What did you see from the Patriots, Joe? So I thought the Patriots played a really good game defensively against the Eagles, and I thought Bill O'Brien called a really good game offensively. And it, it just goes to show you how incompetent the coaching staff was last year. Two years ago, Mac Jones' favorite two targets were Kendrick Bourne and, and Hunter Henry. Those guys were completely disappeared from the offense last year. So what happens? Bill O'Brien, real offensive coordinator. Yeah, Kendrick Bourne can't run. I don't care. He and Hunter Henry accounted for 17 of Mac Jones' 54 targets and all three of his touchdown passes. Both of these guys are startable fantasy football players right now. And as explosive as the Dolphins' offense was, it was staggering. But it overshadows the fact that Miami got ground into dust in the run game. Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly last week combined for 208 yards and two touchdowns on 32 carries. The Dolphins gave up the NFL's most 2.82 adjusted yards before contact per attempt in week one on the ground. I think this is a bounce back game on the ground. Ramondre Stevenson had six catches for 64 yards last week. I think this is a bounce back game on the ground for him uh, after the Eagles defensive tackles ate up the interior of that Patriots offensive line. Um, Ramondre, a member, was dealing with a stomach bug coming into that game. Zeke Elliott was a little more involved than I wanted him to be. I will fully admit that. But I do think there's room for both of these guys. The Patriots are going to use a lot of tempo. They ran a ton of plays against the Eagles, 78 of them. Um, There is room for two guys to produce in this backfield, and I think they're going to want to run the football against Miami in Week 2. Joe, we're getting into the fourth quarter of the podcast. And in football, the fourth quarter is where the magic happens. It's where games are won. Where champions are made. And in business, it's where sales teams become legends. That's why HubSpot built Sales Hub. To give sales reps the deal-making tools they need to win their Q4. Sales Hub's prospecting workspace organizes your schedule, goals, and to-do list in one place to save your team precious fourth quarter time. And smart sequences help sales reps close deals faster than ever. So get ready to dominate Q4 with Sales Hub. Learn more at HubSpot.com slash sales. We got one of those weird um, double Monday night, only staggered by an hour things, Joe. Starting with the Saints at the Panthers at 7.15. Yeah, that game is, uh, I don't think that's the one people are going to be wanting to watch this week on Monday night, uh, to be completely honest with you. Um I thought Derek Carr was fine in his first uh, game with the Saints. I mean, 23-33, 305, that's good. The same Derek Carr problems of the past creeped up in that game. 
stalling out in the red zone. He's one of the league's worst red zone quarterbacks. Saw nothing to indicate that won't be the case this year. That being said, Chris Olave, Rashid Shaheed, and Michael Thomas are all startable wide receivers right now. That was an awesome performance from those three. Rashid Shaheed's for real, Ross. You saw him in person. This guy can fly. Um, he is absolutely for real. He was my most drafted wide receiver in best ball. I pulled off of him because he had the injury in camp, but I still had a ton of them from earlier in the summer, and I'm really glad I drafted a lot of them. Ross, you saw him in person. What did you see from him? Yeah, he's got serious juice. He's their deep shot guy. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some carries, Joe, mm-hmm. like jet sweep, those type of things. He's definitely a, uh, a featured player for them, and he had two huge plays in the game, huge. And on the flip side, Carolina, Miles Sanders got bell cow usage, but in true Miles Sanders fashion, he didn't break any tackles and he lost a fumble. But here's the key. Miles Sanders had six targets in that game. That's the most he's had in the game since 2020. They said they were going to get Miles Sanders involved in the passing game one week, but that seems to be the case. Obviously, uh, DJ Chark did not play in that game. They need him. They have no juice whatsoever, the Panthers do, at receiver. Their top... Their top two receivers in the game were Hayden Hurst and Miles Sanders by yardage. Can't happen to have an NFL functioning passing offense. Last but not least, Joe, it is the Steelers hosting the Browns. No Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. Deontay Johnson should have had over 100 yards and a touchdown in the first half of that game last week. Kenny Pickett was abysmal. Abysmal. I mean, just... Missing throws, missing reads, panicking. When he did see it, he didn't throw it to the right spot. Um, that was an overwhelmingly concerning performance for me from Kenny Pickett, to be completely frank with you, Ross. Um, after all the preseason hype, I'll give them another couple weeks because the 49ers is a brutal matchup. But that was a really concerning performance. And now without Deontay Johnson, I wonder if they have anybody who can separate. I think they're going to give Calvin Johnson, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Yeah, they would love to have him. Um, I think they're going to give Calvin Austin the opportunity to do that. That's a name I'd keep an eye on for the Steelers. In week one, the answer to Najee Harris versus Jalen Warren was no. That was the answer. Um, I don't. I w- like if you want to play one of these guys as a flex right now. Fine. This offensive line was atrocious. Just, just a really concerning performance for Pittsburgh overall. And they have a date with Miles Garrett coming up, who ate up the Bengals last week. What about the Browns offensively? Okay, so here's a couple of things. Number one, Elijah Moore outrouted Amari Cooper last week. Uh, speaking of awful quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson was awful in that game, continuing a trend from last year. Again, every quarterback was awful this week, with the exception of a few, so let's give it a couple of weeks. But Watson was missing throws and skipping throws. The key for the Browns, though... Well, first and foremost, Jack Conklin's out for the season. That's a huge loss against Pittsburgh. The key for the Browns, 18 carries and four targets for Nick Chubb. Bell cow usage, and he was one of the few running backs who had success with that bell cow usage in week one. That'll do it for week two here on the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. I love it. I'm ready to rock and roll. Hopefully you heard the first episode with my Thursday night value play and stud Always check Joe out at FG underscore Dolan or use that code 23FEAST over at FantasyPoints.com. I am at Ross Tucker NFL on social. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. And other than that, I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for tuning in to Fantasy Feast. 
Make sure to also check out the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and College Draft, all on the DraftKings Network on Samsung TV+. Plus. YouTube, or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform.